Hello, everybody. I am so excited for episode number two. So I want to share something with y'all today. Um, okay, everybody's got a story about 2020. Uh, we all have an experience, a testimony, a journey, whatever you want to call it. But I have been thinking about mine recently, and I know that it can be a general experience shared by others, but maybe with the similarities to yours, you can find some comfort in that. We are not alone in this. Um, so I'm going to share my uh, journey through 2020 so far. When this year started, I had a trajectory that included a leaving my teaching position to work more fully on being a chaplain. I was working on a book, my blog, and I was praying about this podcast. My children were doing great in a new school that we all loved. I also was doing a fantastic study by Annie F. Downs called 100 Days to Brave with my girl, Christina. And it was um, oh so amazing. And then March 12th, Thursday, my last day in my classroom, my children's last day at their school. That was my last day seeing many of the people that I serve as a chaplain. I want to say that I handled it well. But due to the intense hand washing I did with my students to keep them healthy, I was sick for two weeks. I want to say that I rallied and moved full sail forward into my calling in ministry to serve others, but I couldn't. I didn't know what to do. I was stopped by fear of changing circumstances. I listened to others, other chaplains, authors, podcasters who pushed on, spoke wisdom into others, including me, yet I remained silent. I had nothing to give. There was so many voices, so many important things for them to speak that I didn't have words for. The essential people through quarantine, those suffering with COVID-19, and then my black brothers and sisters speaking for their right as American citizens to be safe in their own country, not to be singled out and threatened for the pigment in their skin. And yet I had no words. I listened. I prayed and asked God, what do I do? I grappled with what is the right choice. Now I'm one week down as of speaking this in helping my children with a virtual learning. I mean, I'm balancing my responsibilities, probably not very well, as a wife, mother, and a chaplain. What I've come to, what I've come back to is the foundational purpose for my life. I mean, I know God and it, it's know God and make God known. Oh my goodness, I've said that. So it, it's been a resounding in my brain for years. The first time I, I thought, you know, people always share, you know, the purpose of life. And I realized it's know God and make God known. And that gives me such incredible direction. And sometimes part of it is to be silent. It is only through prayer, scripture, reading, and time with strong Christian sisters and brothers that I can straighten out 
the tangle of thoughts and emotions, not in my own strength, but in the strength. Peace, joy, and love poured into me through God's Holy Spirit. And then overflowing, pouring out of me as a witness of my Heavenly Father, those who, um, His love, it's His, ne- I love saying this, I say this to my kids all the time, but His never ending, always and forever love. Oh, wow. It's been, and, and that's been a huge, a huge part of my journey for 2020. It has been just as difficult as it is for others. My leaving a job behind, thinking I would be doing more work in a job that almost came to a screeching halt. And some of you know me, administratively, I am not gifted. Emails are a total crutch for me. I, I'm paralyzed. I, I have had to learn to send emails and respond to emails in a timely fashion. And I am ashamed to say that is probably like an Achilles heel for me. Um, and I've had to learn to do that, to do that, to connect with people that I serve as their chaplain. And it breaks my heart that that has been the main communication with so many people. But I want to give you some encouragement. Um, as God that I serve, the one true God, my Abba Father, Abba is Hebrew for daddy. And that is what Jesus called his heavenly father. Um, so a few years, probably at the beginning of my marriage, so like 15 years ago or 16, it's been 16 years, you guys. I can't believe that. Um, it's been amazing. But Dan had to deploy to Iraq, and that was difficult. If you know me, I am second to the youngest of eight children, and um, I'm a baby girl. And I grew up for a long time in a very similar, the the same place. I had my life. I had my family. Um, And then marrying um, a military man, moving all the way across the country, and having to pick up a a new role that was so different than anything I was used to. And then Dan went to Iran. Um, it was, it was a new experience and I felt so very alone. And this was perhaps the first time in my entire life where my world was shook up and I had to lean into the presence of God with me. So all of my normal comforts had been taken. So here I am in this base house, making it a home, and everybody I love super far away. And so this particular day, I'm standing at the kitchen sink, washing dishes, and the window above the sink overlooks the front lawn. And I have this thought, it's just a, not even a words, but a desire to see a cardinal, because I've absolutely fallen in love with the Cardinals. We didn't really have any in Arizona, but we do have tons in Virginia. So I prayed. Well, I didn't pray. I take that back. I didn't pray. It was a thought. I thought I put out there that I'd love to see a Cardinal. And you all would not believe this. Hundreds, a non-flocking bird. These birds don't travel in groups. 
like this. Hundreds of cardinals landed in my front yard. They were on my front yard, my neighbor's front yard, across the street's front yard, and the road. And I stood there in complete shock and amazement. I watched these birds for a couple minutes just jumping around. I saw young male cardinals whose feathers were just barely turning red and they were playing and hopping around each other. It was like God had ordained a cardinal flash mob just for me. It was absolutely amazing. And I know without a shadow of a doubt, that was my God telling me that he loves me and that not the smallest desire of my heart goes unheard. And that means not the smallest cry of my heart hurt of my heart, fear in my heart goes unheard or unanswered. One of the things I didn't tell you um, about that beautiful cardinal story is that right before my husband, Dan, went to Iraq, we were pregnant. It was my first pregnancy. I was just graduating from my undergrad from Old Dominion University. I love ODU. Um, and I was pregnant and I was so excited. And if you know my dad, he's never been wrong. If he tells you whether you're having a boy or a girl, he has literally always been right. So told me I was having a boy and I named this little boy Adam because he was my first. I figured, you know, biblical apropos. But before and then Dan found out he was going to be deployed and he was going to be gone for Adam's birth. We were super sad and then we lost Adam. I had a miscarriage and it was brutal and heartbreaking. It made the being alone at the house so much more real. And then when Dan came back the next Christmas, um, I got pregnant again. And I lost Cheris, my little girl. I named her Cheris for grace and hope and salvation. And that was so hard. I have gone, I went to in such a dark place at that point, having lost two babies, thinking, God, why are you doing this to me? And that was a time I met God in such a dark place, a difficult depression and I realized and experienced and was wrapped up in a kind of love I had never experienced before. And I was able to move forward knowing that I had experienced this like so many women. Oh my, so many women have experienced miscarriages. And I thought, of course, having never talked about miscarriages before, I was the only one. And so I became very vocal about it. Well, not long after that, I found out um, on Father's Day that I was pregnant again. And guess what? That is my 11-year-old daughter, Sarah. And so I guess that makes her my rainbow baby. And then a couple years later, I was pregnant again. And this little boy's name was Owen. I was not pregnant with Owen for very long when he went to heaven to be with Adam and Cheris. And then shortly after, I was pregnant with Colin, who is now 
my sweet, loving, handsome nine-year-old boy. So now I have this fierce, leading, proactive ball of firecrackers, Sarah, and this gentle as a lamb, sharp, intelligent boy. And it is the part of a journey of a loss that nobody should have to experience but we do in this world and I've come out of it with this joy and through that pain and that hurt I learned to connect with others in ways maybe I would never have been able to do before so some bible verses over the past week that God has put in my heart to share with y'all um that means so much to me that has kind of helped to untangle the tangle of emotions and stress in my mind and my heart. The verses are first, the first one is first Peter one, three through four in his great mercy. He has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish spoil or fade and then second peter 121 above all you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative no those prophets were moved by the holy spirit and they spoke from god and then in john 17 20 21 i am praying not only oh before i start this one I have to tell you, this is Jesus' prayer to his father right before he was crucified on the cross. So right before that, he was thinking about me and you. And he said, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in my, in, in my thought, in me through their message. I pray that they will be one just as you and I are one as you are in me father and I in you and may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me so God prayed that through the testimony of the disciples we would come to know him and in turn share that with others and share a beautiful intimate relationship with God. Um, this brings another um, experience I had to mind. A girl in high school, she asked me one day, she said, Katie, I know that you're a Christian and I need to know my aunt was killed in a car accident and she was a Christian and the other person in the car accident didn't die. They're still alive. And why would God do that? Why would a car accident happened and he saved the life of the one who didn't know him, but he killed his, he killed somebody who believed in him. And you know what? At 16, I didn't have an answer. And I guess now about 25 years later, I don't have all the answers, but I do know one thing. I know that she was a Christ follower. And so this is temporary, but her eternal salvation her eternal relationship with god is so much bigger than this temporary earth i don't have all the answers for what for god's will 
but I do know her aunt is in the arms of God, her father who loves her. And my prayer is for that driver, the driver who lived, that he or she lived the rest of their life praising God for the chance to turn to him, to accept him, know him, and share him with others. And so I pray, moving on this week, that you find this week has opportunity to experience God's love for you. And I pray in the absolute glow that comes with the all-encompassing love of a God that it shines out of you. And so I thank you for listening this week. Oh my goodness. I pray that your week is amazing. And if all of any of you are doing the homeschooling thing or the virtual learning thing, or you're even in the classroom right now, my prayer is for protection, for sanity and peace. And I thank God for you. And I thank, I thank you for listening and being a part of this journey that I am on. And I thank you that I get to be a part of the journey you are on. If only that I get the blessing of praying for you. And so go forth and have an awesome week, y'all. Bye-bye.